Every financial plan needs a CFP professional. When your financial advisor earns the CFP certification, it means he or she is trained to provide holistic and ethical financial planning in your best interest. So, with a CFP professional, you'll have confidence for today and security for tomorrow. Three letters do make a difference in your confident financial plan. Find your CFP professional or check to see if your advisor has CFP certification at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you ready? Let's make some noise, come on! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. We are back. Better than ever, I'm Wade Burton alongside me. As always, my tag team partner, the man who has already trademarked our new tag team name, one Chris Domingo. <laughs> Mr. Domingo, how are you doing? It's fine. Air quote, Saturday morning, sir. Oh, man, I don't even know what Saturday it is at this point. I mean, <laughs> if I would have told you, Two months ago, mm-hmm. that you would be locked up in a like not locked up, but like basically confined to your house for six weeks with no sports, and you'd be alive to tell about it. What would I say? What would you have told me? Yeah, no, I, I'm like this is not even real life. Like, there's, there's no, <laughs> there's no way that again we can be locked up, like you said, like confined, basically confined to our homes for you know a month and a half so far. Have to wear masks. Have to wear masks to go out. Um, don't want to, you know, can't get closer, closer than six feet to people. Um, this is wild, man. This is, I, I, didn't, I didn't, didn't guess it, but you know what? I'll say this though. I will say this. If you had told me that, and if I believed you back then, I would have thought that my mental state would be way worse. Oh, no. I, I think because last weekend I didn't have anything to look, because usually like there's been something like something minute or something to look forward to on the weekend, whether it was like, a WrestleMania or like DJ Premier versus Rizzo. Last weekend, there wasn't anything. So basically there was no separation. So I was like, damn. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I was like, can I like go to like stateside and like pick up a bottle of vodka right now? No, but we we finally got some separation this week. We got some separation this past yeah, this this past Sunday we got some separation first. We'll talk about ESPN's The Last Dance, the big uh, documentary that ESPN premiered last weekend. And now uh, this weekend, for three days, the NFL has has blessed us by not moving the NFL draft back. So we have three days of NFL draft stuff to talk about. Now we're taping this for those of you listening on 106.5 FM Philly Cam Radio. We are taping this on Thursday, right before the draft. So we know everything that people are saying that the Eagles are going to do. But we have no idea what happened in the draft. So we were either going to look very, very smart or very, very dumb by the end of this episode. But, hey, you listened to us before. So, you know, we've missed on a couple of picks. <laughs> yeah. But we will be here and give you everything that we've heard and give you all the latest about the draft and break down all the possibilities of the Eagles so that no matter what happens with their first-round pick, we have you covered on that. So we have a lot of stuff to get to. Obviously, it's going to be heavy in the draft streets. I have some basketball stuff to get to as well because – our dear coach, Brett Brown, according to an interview, allegedly told Ben Simmons he was going to bench him if he didn't start shooting the basketball, which is pretty a pretty amazing admission. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. We have other stuff to get to, again, on this edition of the Broad Street Line. As we always say, sit back, relax, take a ride on the Broad Street Line. The future of Sports Talk Radio has finally arrived. You can always listen to us on 106.5 FM, WPPM LP, Philadelphia. You can always listen to us as well. Wherever you get your podcasts and radio shows, just do a search for The Broad Street Line. Download us to your iPod, your iPad, your MP3-enabled device. Take us with you on those rare occasions you go out now <laughs> or or listen to us when you're at home. Again, we are, we are streamable on all the social media of, of the social media music platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, uh, Google Music, Google Play, Wherever you get your podcast and your music, you can find us there as well. Again, just do a search for the Broad Street Line, subscribe us, and listen to us 24-7-365. Also, while you're doing that, please give us a follow on the Twitter machine. He is at SKD215. I am at the BS line. Again, this 
episode is broadcasting Saturday. So on Saturday, we will be tweeting because we have nothing else to do. <laughs> rounds four through seven of the NFL draft because this is what we do. I didn't even watch rounds four through seven last year. You know, I'm going to watch every single pick this year. <laughs> no, every like, because like, usually there's some some secondary thing you're doing, especially on the third day because it's like fifth round. You're like, whatever. okay, we'll see. We'll see some fans from – from from Cape Canaveral, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, announced this pick. No, there ain't no fans. It's it, it's the same. It's the same zooms that every team is doing, ever all, all weekend. It's the same zooms. Who again? What, what basement is this coming from on Saturday? Because again, it's Roger Goodell's basement day one. Whose basement gets a day day three? Who gets the who gets By the, the way, basement? Guy? Like, last year, the NFL draft. But I think it drew like around like six million people over the three days. Mm -hmm. Is this going to get eight? I think I had the number in front of me because I saw I, I forget what the number was. I saw that the the uh, the ad revenues for <laughs> they're they're actually they're actually able to charge. I think it was like a quarter of a million dollars for a thirty second slot. Um, what are you? What are you advertising? No one can go anywhere to buy. No, no but that's the thing. Everybody's watching it because there's nothing else to watch. <laughs> no, so, I. I mean, unless it's something online, because I or because it's hard to say. Hey, let's have a have commercial for Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, true. Have a Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you get Uber Eats, you can't go out <laughs> to eat. So, but I mean, you could get beer. I mean, some people, some people can get beer. So maybe some beer, beer advertisements again. But don't show me any liquor because that's the that's really depressing as a Pennsylvanian. But but you see, we had this discussion. You can go to the distilleries. You can get the beer. You can get the vodka. You can get. No, your... like, well, actually, now the uh, the the state of Pennsylvania just decided we're going to have curbside takeout for for liquor stores, which I'm sure because the process is you got to call the liquor store. Oh gosh. <laughs> What is more likely, getting through to Angelo's Pizza or, <laughs> or the liquor store on 20th and Market? Yeah, no. Like, unless you just have speed dial on your phone, you're not getting through to any of those. <laughs> because, so. one, I guarantee you, that employee don't want to be there. Like, that – like, could you imagine working a, a shift at, like, a PA liquor store? That phone is ringing every second you're there. Constantly, because that website's broken, so I know everybody's <laughs> making the call. Yeah, that website has to, like that 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 phone has to be working. Like you have to have two people on the phones, <laughs> much less you know preparing orders and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I do not envy those those people at all. But if you need a liquor run, you let me know because Jersey's still open. Yeah, like maybe you can like give me curbside delivery. <laughs> I'll curbs. I'll curbs. I won't even charge you. I will curbside delivery because I I come no, in every yeah, now and then because I was. Because no, because I'm actually investigating on. Well, one, it's like because SEPTA is really like dumbed down at this point. I, right. I mean, I, I try not to take it, but if I need to take it, I'll take. Like, I'm trying to see if you could pick up at stateside because, like, for delivery, it's a three bottle minimum. I'm not buying 110 dollars worth of vodka. Sorry. You look. Yeah, you might be in the house for a while. You you might not know. You you might need <laughs> yeah. that much vodka. Uh, but at Stateside, I think you could just yeah, I think you could just pick up. I think you could just yeah. go in and just like in the tasting room. I thought about actually going the other day, just just to just to see what the deal is. But yeah, if you need a delivery, again, I will not charge you. I am going on six weeks from sun from this Sunday. I have not had an alcoholic beverage. I am going on six weeks from Sunday, where I probably had one every day. Oh my god, so we are opposites. We're at opposites <laughs> ends of the spectrum right here. Um, I know my, no, like no, like I realize that. I really like just to calm my nerves and just like, man, I because all these people doing Zoom happy hours, they're doing Zoom happy hours for a reason because they're drinking. Yes. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> there, there, there's there's plenty of reason to drink these days. <laughs> I just want to make sure that, that, that you're taken care of because uh, there's very few things that make us happy these days. But one of those things was ESPN's The Last Dance documentary that premiered last weekend. This is a documentary, a 10-part documentary about uh, – well, uh, I mean, let me say this. It is uh, – the, the focal point is the Bulls' 1997-98 season, the uh, last of their dynasty, the end of their dynasty, the six of six championships. Um, that's the focal point. But this, this documentary pretty much goes, you know, backwards and forwards in time and kind of covers basically everything about everyone involved with those Bulls teams uh, the first two episodes, of course, you know, kind of focus on the origin stories of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and kind of a lot, everything that kind of surrounded them. 
Um, just what was, what was your initial reaction to the first two episodes of the of the documentary? I need more. Um, <laughs> um, and I think that, like one, I like I always feel that 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 these documentaries like shed some light on, especially for because me personally, I always think I know or knew everything about those Chicago Bulls teams. I, I mean, like. Those teams were the team of my of my childhood and team mm-hmm. years. More than more so than like any of like the Philly teams because our because our Philly team sucked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like like I not that I lived it, but I knew more about those teams because they were always on. Like right. I said it, Roy. Like, can you name another sports team in this century that's even com- that's not even comparable? Because I don't think anything's comparable. That second. To like the most popular sports team to the Chicago Bulls, would you say that LeBron era Miami Heat, or maybe the first, like the first year of that Heat team? You mean you're saying like universally popular? Yes, <sighs> that's a good question. I guess the Heat, but I mean, there's a lot of people who hate that Heat team. No, but no, but they um, were fixated on that team. Like, like they were like, they, like they had notoriety. And don't ever give me those Warriors teams because they oh, were no, no. they were even. They like they weren't even touching the pulse of anything. Like I, yeah, I yeah. like like they weren't they weren't cross culture. Like like that like they tra- those Bulls teams transcended sports. I, I mean, when you see them in France with Michael Jordan wearing some beret, and, and you're like, <laughs> my dog, sign this. Like I, I mean, like like I, I think for me, it just kind of reaffirmed Michael Jordan was something that. No one has ever seen nothing like in terms of just stature. Like, yeah. like people it's can people can try to compare LeBron James with Michael Jordan, and I mean your prerogative. But as po- as popular as LeBron is, he's not even. I- I'd say at, at his peak, his popularity is what sixty percent of Michael Jordan was. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. So yeah, so I understand what you're saying now. Like, no team moved the needle. Like those Bulls teams, and yeah, no, no, in sports, like, yeah, I, like yeah. I don't like, like, like there are just teams I can just remember move the needle in, in sports, and just off the top of my head, like those early '90s Cowboys teams, the mm-hmm. Dream Team, yeah, the Dream Team, but I, I, that, that's the Dream Team separate, so I'll separate. Yeah, those out. like, and, yeah. and I can think, like, and and most of them were basketball teams, those mm-hmm. mid '80s Celtics teams, right, the right. Lakers teams, yeah. even. Even those Pistons teams, they kind of, like because, a little bit yeah. because like bad like that term bad boys that that crossed over right yeah but yeah but no team I don't think any team in our lifetime to be honest and I guess I mean I'd have to think about it but no team I mean I guess maybe maybe the Lakers but those eighties Lakers but no team really had that kind of global impact yeah no like in that this century I can't think of like who are the two pop most popular sports teams in this century the warriors and the heat probably the heat yeah okay. yeah probably the, the warriors and the heat but again now were those were both of those teams more popular than those Shaq and kobe la lakers, lakers yeah. yeah 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 and the Shaq and kobe teams i mean they're probably third but yeah those are the teams that kind of move the needle the most and, they, and again you can tell by by that the bulls were that big because just this the first two nights of this, or the first night of this, the first two episodes, uh, they got five million, uh, more than five million people turned in, tuned into both of these shows. Again, these came on at was it nine and ten o'clock on the East Coast on a Sunday, um, but everybody was watching. Language. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With the, with the good curse words, um, everybody tuned in, tuned into the last dance. Everybody tweeting about it. Um, it's an excellent documentary. And again, it, like you said, like we thought we knew everything about the Bulls teams. Again, you know, we, you know. You know, I read the Jordan rules. I read Hang Time. You know, we had Sam Smith on the show. We had Rick yeah. Callender on the show. Yeah, like that so, story about Michael Jordan, like screaming at the coach for wanting to come in for fourteen bleeping seconds right. against the Indiana Pacers. I did not know that story. Didn't yo? Know, didn't didn't know that story. So again, so we're gonna learn a lot more over the again over the next four weeks because again, it's gonna be two episodes a week um, until the ten part episode uh, series is done. This is not. Uh, the the last documentary, according to reports, coming from ESPN, um, ESPN Films. They're also planning documentaries on uh, Lance Armstrong, Bruce Lee, and the 1998 home run chase between McGuire 
Oh, that, now that would be that. That is must watch. Video. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I'm trying to think oh. what else. What else would you want to see a 30 for 30 or a long form documentary on? Like what other sports events of our lifetime? No, and I think those those documentaries are meant for events that transcended sports. Like mm-hmm. Lance Armstrong. I mean, live strong. Like yeah. that transcended sports. Like. Bruce that Lee's Bruce whole, Lee. Yeah. The home run derby transcended sports. Like, right. like maybe we're just in like a different time where there's so much stuff to get because in the 90s there weren't that many mediums to consume things to consume. So mm-hmm. when when mass when a bunch of people consume the same thing, it feels like it's easy, it's easier to transcend the sport. Right, because you see it everywhere. Because we're all like, like we were all locked into the OJ stuff. Yeah, you know, we were all locked into the Bulls. I mean, we were all locked into those certain things that happened in the '90s, or probably early 2000s, uh, with Lance Armstrong. Um, that kind of happened. There's not a lot. I mean, other than maybe the Miami Heat, there's not a lot recently that I can think of. Well, but also like you have to factor in like the level of um, of tension and and drama. Like, mm-hmm. like, like we knew like just kind of from an outsider's point of view was there was tension on that bulls team. And obviously like a lot of it was created by Jerry Krause. And, but like, but in the, in the, in the second episode, you see like Scotty Pippen was, was, was severely underpaid and, and he requested a trade. Mm -hmm. Jordan is trying to win a championship. And he's like, no, Scotty, you're selfish. Like that, like, I don't think there were a lot of that on those heat teams. Maybe those Durant Warriors teams, but but they're not that. But frankly, like the players involved aren't all that interesting. So no. a lot of people don't care. Like like, I'm, the, the general person isn't fixated on Draymond Green. No, and, and, and the thing is, there's going to be a, a Warriors documentary, and there should be one. But like you said, no one really cares that much. They're not compelling. Like I, yeah. I mean, maybe Durant on some like kind of weird level is is, is interesting to try to figure out. But like Steph Curry's just like, blah. Like I, yeah. I mean, like like he's a great player, but there's nothing. There, there's no inner like. There's no layer you're trying to piece through to find the real Steph Curry. Yeah. Now there's a lot of layers to Michael Jordan. A lot yeah. of layers with Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and Phil Jackson, and, and and we'll be watching intently and tweeting about it over the, over the next month or so. No, and, 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 oh, and Roy, sorry. Like yeah. I think that that maybe because. Now you know what a lot of these dudes are like because of social media and like I don't know the way they use their like their their brand to like right. there wasn't a lot of Scottie Pippen didn't have a brand because no. he didn't have like because he didn't have a place to promote it. No, she no he didn't have yeah like it's a, again it's a different like you said it's different to see those kind of guys you know now because again like how would how would they have fared how would that team have fared you know, in this kind of environment, like in a social media heavy environment, like how would oh, Michael no. Jordan, Imagine how much, how scrutinized Jordan would be in, right. in social media. He couldn't go outside. Like, he wouldn't be able to go outside. You know, like, like Dennis Robin might be an Uber star. He might even be bigger than he was in yeah, this environment. He would have been on the NWO. Right. <laughs> Speaking of the NBA, two top NBA prospects skipping college and they're heading to the G League. Jalen Green and Isaiah Todd, they're both top 15 talents. Uh, they are not going to college. They're playing on the G League Select team, which is a uh, a curated team by the G League. It's going to pay these guys half a million dollars yeah. a year. And they get a full college scholarship. And it basically be like another, you know, an, uh, another an ancillary G League team. They're going to play 20 games against G League teams throughout the season. Uh, people are saying this is the death of the NCAA. Um, I just think this is a really good outlet for oh, – No, no, like we always for- – what was the line? What was the figure that would appease a top prospect? And I think we found it, $500,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, half a million dollars. And then, again, since they're pros, they can get sneaker deals. So, I mean, like if you told top guys they can get half a million dollars and you can sign with Nike or New Balance or Adidas or whoever – that's a lot of money. So it's like, Hey, you know what? Let's just, let me do that. And let me play against pros and let me learn, you know, like, you know, train like a pro and, and ease into the pro schedule. I mean, yeah, this is, this is it. I mean, this is, this is the wave. I, I, no, get it. I think this is really what needs to happen. And I think this needs to create a paradigm shift for the NCAA mm-hmm. is to say, you know what? 
we're out of the one and done guys. Like, I, I mean, if, if you, and, and this is where, if you want to take that rule out, if you don't want to go to college, don't go to college. However, if you go to the, if you play in the NCAA, you sign a contract to, for two years. Yeah. Like it's one of those things were, cause I think because a lot of the times these one and done players, even though they're, they're bringing some sort of pub and notoriety that, the, to the NCAA, the quality of play suffers. And yeah. I, I mean, like, you don't know who's on every team. But if you had a guy come stay for two years, then you're like, okay, maybe me, who wants to, like, kind of devote my time to Temple now, be like, oh, I know this dude. He's going to be there for two years. Let me let me ride with Temple for two years. Like, right. I, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where you need to be – not. Uh, I'm not telling anyone to stay for four years. That's crazy. But I no. mean, you have to devote some level of commitment if you're going to go to the NCAA. Yeah, no, the two-year minimum is always my thing. But like you said, like give them, give everybody the option yeah. to skip it because it's fine. Because you're again, it's a, you know, you are your own, you are your independent contractor. If you don't want to yeah. go to college, don't go to college. Again, because the thing is, Roy, like this five hundred thousand dollar deal, it's not going to be there for everyone. It's going to hmm. be there for three, four guys max a year. Yeah, well, I think I don't know how many people are on the select team, and I don't, I don't know if they all get paid the same. But you know, at the most, it's there for maybe ten guys. I mean, it's like it's not everybody. And again, no. and and this is better for the NCAA. It's better for the for the NBA because you're going to get you know guys playing pro pro caliber guys. So these guys, the Isaiah Todd and um, the other guy's name, I'm, I'm forgetting, um, Jalen Green, they're going to be better pros. You know, theoretically, you know, coming into the league because they're going to play against pro level talent. This is good for everybody. I yeah. think this is no, a good no, idea no. for everybody. But I think this needs to be one of those moments where the NCAA is okay. With we need to kind of reshift our like because at some point, like these these one and done guys are counterproductive. Like they're not yeah. bringing the same amount. Of, they're not bringing the juice that they're expecting. Like, did Cole Anthony bring as much juice to like North Carolina as he as they expected? No. Yeah, no, that that's the thing. It's not like you're not getting the same. I don't want to say bang for your buck, but it's not yeah, the same no, impact. Not. Like I, yeah. I mean, like with that initial like oh uh, like midnight badness. Oh, you see Andrew Wiggins, but it's it, it's like that wears off, and at mm-hmm. some point, and and this really like it cut. And I think it really just comes back to the quality of basketball that because college basketball overall is 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 is, is subpar, it, yeah. it, it, and it's been that way for. I'd say this this decade because you don't get the same continuity. And I'm not expecting three dudes that have been there for three years. But right. there has to be a good mix. It just can't be three one and duns and, right. and, and, and a sophomore. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be uh, – yeah, again, we're going to see it when college basketball does come back. We're going to see a, a, a largely different landscape. Well, that being said, yeah. I will watch, I will watch every <laughs> moment of college basketball when it comes back. 100%. 100%. One of the sports, uh, air, I guess air quote sports, that's still going on, WWE, they recently laid off a large portion of talent as a result of the coronavirus. Major names that were laid off include Kurt Angle, uh, Chris's favorite tag team, Gals and Anderson, <laughs> uh, Rowan, who had a cage that he was walking around with for a month. Hey, uh, Leo Rush. I hope they were able to cast that last uh, boneyard match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Leo Rush, Rusev, Mike and Maria Kanellis, uh, Mike Shioda, who's been a referee since like almost like the entire time we've been born. Yeah. Um, no, I had no idea. Mike Shioda was there in 1986. He's been there for you. I think like was it 32 years? He said or 30? Well, he's I think he was a ref for 32 years. But he was there longer than that. Which is amazing. Like he was like, I mean, he was there. He was there during the King Kong Bundy era. And <laughs> now the WWE the reason why we're talking about this because again, they're one of the few sports um, that's still in you know that's still active, uh, still active because they are they were named an essential business according to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. <laughs> we can debate. Well, I was gonna say we could debate that. There's no debate. They're not an essential business. I mean, come on, fam. Let's let's stop. Um, but they are still taping shows. They're still um, working out of the performance center in Florida. Um, and most of their material for their upcoming pay-per-view has already been taped. <laughs> I'm not sure how they get a pass for doing this, but I, you know what I like, I, I mean, on one side, like it's kind of a joke that like they were able to like maneuver themselves into essential business, but man, if you have, 
but but if you have the clout, use it. I don't care. Like I mean, like, <laughs> not, like like and of course, like and it sounds like from everything you hear, they're being like I, I'm all about being safe. It, mm-hmm. If you could do your operation and be safe, do it. I, I like because one, I, I don't know if people real like just imagine if they just shut down operation. How many of how how many more people do were they going to lay off? Like right. I, I mean, like it's. It, it comes back to be safe and just like, I don't know, take every precaution. And if you're doing that, knock yourself out. Yeah. Like I, I, I assume they're taking the right precautions. Like, I don't know what, I don't know if they're testing everybody. My guess is that they're not, but okay. Like I, I have no reason not to assume they're not, but however, there was an on talent uh, on camera talent who did test positive for coronavirus. Um, didn't appear on talent on camera since then. I know they've been going, they've been treated, Think they're back on the air now. I'm not even sure who it was or, or what their what their role was. So I assume they're going through the right precautions when it comes to that. Um, and again, that being said, you know, if you don't want to wrestle or if you're immunocompromised, I mean, they said you can stay home. Like you don't have to wrestle. Yeah, but um, then, but then, of course, you had this like mole or or like this uh, anonymous wrestler that like that was went went back and be like, oh, I'm being forced against my will. It's like, it's like okay. I I, I mean, like I want to take you seriously, but. I have a feeling that no, it's just I like it really is an ethical thing. Where like, are they compromising lives? I don't think so, and I don't know. Like, yeah, it's tough because we don't know. There's a lot we don't know. No, and one, I'm not an absolute person. And in a perfect world, would you like to shut things down? Yeah, but it. But if you have the option to use some influence and, and get your stuff on, you're like, I mean, we're not hearing anything. We're not hearing about AEW. Like, I don't know. Like, they're still going on. Because nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> let's be real. Let's, let's keep it real. Nobody really checking for them like that. Like, one, and it's like, it, one, it seems like the wrestlers are, like, okay with it. Like, I, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, it really is, like, it's a really slippery slope where, I, I mean, it comes back to, because I think people were saying, like, previously about the NFL draft, or like, oh, how's, how um, insensitive is the NFL for having something go on during this? It's like, what do you want people to do? Do you right. just want people to stare at the wall every every minute of the day? And here's and here's actually you no. Know, let's save that because I want to talk more about the NFL draft because there's there's a lot because I had this thought earlier today and 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 we'll save it for the draft part. But the NFL, this is the this is what they would be doing anyway. Like they're doing the same thing that they would be doing anyway. And not, I mean, I don't want to say like the current climate doesn't prevent this, you know, doesn't change things. But I mean, basically, if you can still do the same thing you're going to do anyway, then why not do it? Yeah, no, like I like <laughs> I always wonder where do you like side with this? Are are you just like I don't know, like if you can do it and be safe, do it. Like but like, like the NFL is like instead of these teams going to their war rooms, they're just drafting at home. But they can still draft. Like you can still do it. You're not you're not putting anybody at risk. No, 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 like, no. But it's the whole concept of. Oh, you think you're bigger than the coronavirus? So how dare you? Like, I don't know. Like, what do you want me to watch Chris Cuomo every night? <laughs> That's like if you said the NFL was going to have a draft, have their draft in Las Vegas with a bunch of fans or whatever, then I'd be like, you know what? That's too much because that's too much. Yeah. But if you're going to do this, and again, everybody's safe, and you, again, you have the IT people on standby, and you know they came in and set up people, like it's fine. Like nobody, like the NFL. Again, people keep saying. Like, you know, don't do things or kind of shut everything down. You got to understand, there's something called money involved in all this. Like, when this is done, Roy, I'm going to write my corona memoirs. And, like, I don't know, <laughs> like, like, I'm just going to write things down that I didn't know that that real ethos is. Is that a word, ethos is? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that, yeah. It didn't exist. That, that if you have money, you are a bad human being. Right, but it's not even it's not even that. It's like if there's a lot of money at stake, things are going to happen. And, <laughs> and you're going to do things that that you you are afforded the luxury of doing things that other people are not afforded. Yes, you could, you could do things. You know, you know the perfect example of that is the WWE. Exactly, exactly. The WWE is like, yo, we have to put on shows to get paid. You know what we're gonna do? Put on shows. I get it. Yeah, no, I understand. no, but but you're not gonna say. But but then you're not going to be outraged and be like, you know what? I'm never going to watch. I'm never going to watch the WWE ever again. How dare they? Yeah, no, I I understand how the how the money works in this. People. Yes, you, you yes, gotta understand yes, that. Yes. Like the Rizzo, 
Like that produced RZA song. Cash rules everything around me. <laughs> and and sports will be back soon enough because of the money. And probably the first sport back is going to be the PGA Tour. They say they may use up to 1 million uh, coronavirus tests to resume their season. Now, the season is scheduled to resume um, on June 11th. They're going to have 11 events between then and early September. They're going to have a million. They're, they're planning to buy a million tests. And they're going to test players, caddies, and officials in their homes. And they're going to test them every yes. every day of the every tournament yes. <laughs> to, to see if they're still good. And daily tests are going to be taken. No, because really, that really is what this comes down to. Roy is testing. Like, mm-hmm. like, just this is like, it, like, I, I think we can all agree that this vaccine isn't coming anytime soon. You know, no. at least in the next six months. But what? So what you need to do is make sure the people that are congregating aren't sick. You mm-hmm. know how you do that? Mass testing. Mass testing. I don't care. And 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 of course, this goes to. Oh, like, do you want to like pry into people's like lives? It's like, yes, yes. In the interest of of public health and public welfare, I don't care if you look at my data. Like, no. like I don't know. Give me a test. If I have to wear a wristband that has green says no Rona, or, 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 or <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where we need to like have the general population's welfare. And if it's testing caddies every every day before they go on the golf course, let's do it. You have you have to do it. Otherwise, it's not feasible. That's what I, that's what people don't understand. It's like it's not feasible to have. But are you okay with the cat <laughs> with, uh, with um Steve Williams and, and, and his no shirt chest bearing? <laughs> like, I mean, getting tested um every day. Are you okay with that? He's got it. Like I'm okay with it. I'm sure Steve's okay with it. I'm sure everybody involved in this is okay, is okay with it. Like, don't let him get tested. Yeah, the entire tiger is like you know what? Stick that dude seven times you know, with a needle or whatever. But uh, no, seriously, this is what's going to have to happen. This is what's going to have to happen in the NBA. This is going to have to happen in baseball. Like, you're going to have to test these guys, if not every day, basically every other day. It has to be because the, you're not going to have a bubble where everybody just lives in. No, there has like, to be some, like, when we go to, like, a new normal, there has to be a lot of preventative stuff that mm-hmm. happens in, like, in society. Like, I, I mean, like, yeah. I don't care if you have to take everyone's temperature before they go in the McGillans. Like, if you have to wear, like, a mask to go to, to dinner. These are just some, some type of things that you're just going to need to make concessions on. If you want to go out to dinner, like, I, I mean, wear a mask. Like, yeah. it might, like, it might be, like, an inconvenience, but do you want that steak or no? <laughs> that's, really the, that's really the or question. Do you want to cook? Because I'm sick of cooking. I like. I mean, I cooked more in my in the last six weeks than I have in my life. I'm tired of cooking. Like, and, like yeah. that's where I think that just just to bring it back to sports is like there's mm-hmm. going to be some level of inconvenience if you want to have. I mean, I don't know how you can have it in like a toy, but if you just want to say, "Yo, everyone who comes in for a Sixers game, you gotta you gotta run through some chamber to say what your temperature is." Sorry, like I mean that need like. I'm not saying those measures need, but some sort of like check needs to be done. Yeah, and say, the thing with the fans is, is a little difficult because again, like it's like, and because coronavirus, you you can be asymptomatic and still have it. So yeah. you can have all the temperature checks in the world, but again, you can have you know fan X just be coughing on everybody in their intersection, and you get people sick. But so I, I know- also saw like because I saw this diagram on on Instagram where like like the difference if, if like the difference if everyone had like masks on the the probability of spreading coronavirus if is like one percent like less than very small yeah i mean like isn't that a good like hey does it suck to wear a mask yeah especially for for people with glasses you're like your glasses get all foggy but if i want to go to a sixers game and they're like yo you gotta wear a mask i'll be like sign me up i guess i won't i guess you won't hear me boo al horford Yeah, and, and you're right. Like it's like if you wear a mask again, you're a lot safer. I don't see anytime soon fans are going to games to be like with a mask or without, just because again, it's really hard just to social distance at a game. Oh yeah, no, oh, no, no. Like I, I have no, like yeah, I don't. Do you think we're gonna have in fan in fan sports this in this year? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think there's gonna. I don't think. I don't think fans will be in arenas or stadiums. 
this year. I don't think I don't think so. I think there'll be games. I think there will be games. I don't think the, I don't think the fans will be there. It's just it's just again, it's like, well, how many fans do you look? Because again, you can't have seventy thousand people because you can't because it's just like there's just there's no vaccine. What about, sure. what about three thousand? How do you how do you distance how do you distance the fans? Like yeah, how do you no, how do you do I, it? I mean, like I and one, it's easy to say because a lot can change in two three months. Right. But I mean, at this point. It's going to be hard. Like you'd have to take a lot of preventative measures to have like in fan sports. Right, and is it worth it to have three thousand fans? Is it worth all those measures to have three thousand people? I don't know. Because again, it's at a certain point, it's like if you're Josh Harris or whatever. Like, is it worth is it worth it to you to open up the entire building for three thousand fans? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Uh, we'll see. But I, I think we'll see the PGA Tour because again, you don't need fans. Um, you, it's a pretty controlled environment as far as people you need to test. Um, the only issue again with the PGA Tour is there's a lot of people who are who are outside of the country who you can't get back. Yeah. Um, there's 25 players who are outside of the country they can't get back. But anyhow, we'll see some. I think we'll see some golf in a couple of months. We will see some NFL guys find new homes and have Zoom calls next week because the NFL draft is this weekend. We'll talk about that on the other side. What the Eagles did or are, are planning to do in the NFL draft, depending on when you listen to this. You're listening to the Broshi Line on 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. Welcome back. Segment number two of the show. Now, again, we're doing this. We're taping this before the draft, before, I guess I should say, the first three rounds of the draft. But we will tell you what happens if the Eagles, or we will break down our thoughts about the various guys the Eagles can select. We poured through several mock drafts, and I don't know about you, sir, but there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke, or there was a lot of smoke as of Thursday afternoon. This is like the street profit. We yes. want all the smoke, but I don't want this kind of sh- this kind of smoke because there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys who know things, projecting a linebacker to the Philadelphia Eagles again as of Thursday afternoon. Mel Kiper in his latest his last mock draft for ESPN, he said that the Eagles pick at 21 is going to be Kenneth Murray, the linebacker from Oklahoma. He said, "Quote." Philadelphia has a major need at wide receiver, but it could address the position in the second round. Murray is a tackling machine and leader in the locker room. He has, in this same mock draft, Henry Ruggs going one pick later, 22, to the Vikings. Chris Domingo, if Henry Ruggs is on the board and the Philadelphia Eagles select uh, a linebacker from Oklahoma, what what was your reaction on Thursday if that happened? You know, one of those gifs were like, were like the person like self propels himself out of a window. That would be me. <laughs> I, I like I don't even know. Like maybe I've just been immune to having like good linebackers. But really, in this league, what is a what is a really good linebacker do for a defense? I, I'm not I'm not even being flippant about it. Like I, I mean, like like I, I've always felt that like with with teams just going three wide almost over over half the time. It's like, I mean, unless you're like a, a blitzing defense, I don't feel the need for a linebacker. Like, I, I mean, like, 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 Nigel Bottom had a, had a really good year in 2017. Mm-hmm. Other than that one game, can you remember, like, the impact Nigel Bradham made? It's one of, like, linebackers, like, one of those positions where if you don't hear from them, I guess they're doing okay. Yeah, yeah, linebacker. Yeah, linebacker is like offensive tackle, where like if you don't hear the guy's name, it's like all right, well, you know, he's obviously doing fine. And and you're right, like you know, in in today's league where teams go three wide, 70 percent of the time, there's less of a. I don't. I guess I guess they're less important. I guess I'll I'll say is the, yeah. is the best way to put it. But that being said, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com, <laughs> he also says they'll draft Kenneth Murray. He says, quote. I look inside that division, and I've got to play Ezekiel Elliott twice a year, and I've got to play Saquon Barkley twice a year. But they don't want my word of passing league. But I'm look if you if you have to tackle those dudes twice a year, you probably want a good linebacker, right? For no, but for me, wouldn't you want just a stout defensive line? Like I, I think it's one of those things where, like, if you it like and, and one, this is a team that's poured a ton of resources in its defensive line True. to be. Versatile, not just the rust the passer, but like, isn't that why Brandon Graham is so good? 
mm-hmm. uh, like for the Eagles is he's a he's good in 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 rush defense also. Right. No. No. I look. I, I hear you. Um. And again, like I, I I've always been the you know the the linebacker is a position in shambles. But again, I, I realize it is it's not as important as it was because again, you play nickel most of the time anyway. You still need a good linebacker. And are you co- are you confident in the guys they have on the roster to to again stop the. Kenneth, uh, stop the Saquon Barkley's and Ezekiel Elliott's and, and the good running backs. He, as, as good as your line is, you still need, a, need that second line of defense. And Nigel Bradham was good. Yeah, but I don't need a first-round linebacker good. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know what it – like, I, I, I mean, this pandemic has been hell already. I don't know what I would have to do with me internally screaming and Eagles Twitter screaming, which I don't know is worth, worse. Uh, Peter King also says he thinks Kenneth Murray is the guy. Oh if, God. <laughs> if the Eagles uh, don't, if uh, yeah, someone's paying these <laughs> a big ass smoke screen, <laughs> and that, and that's the other part of the question. He says they took Murray; they can wait and get a receiver. Now this could all be a smoke screen because again, this is the silly season <laughs> where people are fed things, and if, again, if you're the Eagles, you're feeding information to other teams. Say, no, but- hey. But is the but is how we feeding the story about how we never met Andre Dillard when before he drafted him, or, or is that real? Because that's more concerning for me at this point. Like I thought, drafting a linebacker in the first round would be the most concerning thing. Uh, what two hours before a draft? No, it's the fact that like once again, if there's if there's smoke around somebody. Like, if there are a couple stories floating around about someone, there has to be a, sm- a morsel of truth to it. Yeah, uh, Chris is referring to the multiple stories uh, regarding yeah, Andre. About our, our boy Alshonimus. Yeah, I, I, Andre Dillard. Um, Andre Dillard, um, again, has been, or his name has been floated around, again, a couple hours before the draft, um, is being, you know, pro- probably moved or possibly moved. Because um, he, he's not fitting into Philly. What? He doesn't like gyms? Well, I mean, he can't really go to gyms right now, so I mean, it's it's kind of tough. Um, so there was one rumor um, earlier, again or, earlier on Thursday, that the Jets, who have the number eleven pick, might be interested in trading for um, Andre Dillard. Again, the uh, the presumptive you, uh, starter at tackle. Wait, go ahead, if, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. If you could trade Dillard and twenty one to get to eleven, would you do it? If I could trade Dillard and twenty one to get to eleven, I will violate quarantine. <laughs> I will pick up Andre Dillard. I will drive him to uh, Florham Park or wherever the, the New York Jets uh, facility is, or where, wherever I need to drop him off. So what we're saying is, a guy, a guy, mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. less than, oh my god, I know. Will will, will the twenty nineteen draft go down as like one of the worst events in like civilization, bro? bro if it wasn't for Miles Sanders, it would be awful. No, like, no, awful like, the reason why because I I keep asking myself, it's like even if the Eagles. I'm not even saying hit a home run in this draft because they're not hitting a home run in this draft. I, I, I mean, they haven't they haven't hit a home run in a draft since 2002. Mm-hmm. But say they do a good job in this draft. This talent is still not good. And you know why it's not good? Because of the 2019 draft. You've been drafting terribly. You have a wide receiver who can't play. And you and a guy who you traded up for in the first round. Trade right. up. You traded up for him. He's older, and, he, and you're not even sure whether or not he can start. You got a guy who's posting on Twitter about oh, oh, how about this is his fittest year yet. And you're still thinking about bringing him back because you're not sure if the guy you drafted. Can I stop seeing Rasul? Can you just trade this dude already? I'm tired of seeing this guy's like this, like, I don't know, like, like, I don't know, like, just Nick, like, just trade this dude. Like, there's there are just so many guys that are just unhappy on the team. Just get rid of them all. Yeah. So Chris is also referring to Rasul Douglas, who, you know, may or may not have stuff in. Tweets. This every day. Yeah, so uh, he might be again. They, uh, again, there's another rumor. And again, I don't believe much. I don't put much stock into these rumors. But there's some rumors that Joe Douglas, who uh, drafted Rasul Douglas, might be interested in, in him. Trading Rasul Douglas into 21 doesn't get you anything from the Jets. I'm sorry. <laughs> get you? That doesn't get you delivery for stateside. No, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't get you. It doesn't get you anything. But boy, get the back to the. So what we're saying. Yeah. A guy, a guy you drafted last year mm-hmm. in the first round is worth is worth trading up ten spots from twenty one to eleven. That's terrible. 
Well, no, I, I think I think he I think he might be worth that. But I mean, if you're if you're already <laughs> trading a, a guy, if you're already doing this, then that's terrible out of you for for your yeah. talent evaluation. Yeah. And one, it comes back to: Will we ever be able to hold Howie Roseman accountable for a draft? Uh, apparently not. Well, I, I guess at na- now you can, right? Because now because Joe Joe Douglas is going. Oh, it was Chip Kelly's draft. No, it's Joe Douglas's draft. Give me your draft. Yeah, tell me the guys. Because, well, first of all, aren't you the guy who signs off on these things now? Like, I know <laughs> you could blame like, Chip before. It was like blaming your employees. Be like, nah, man, they screwed up, man. But, yo, but that wasn't me. So who yeah. drafted Marcus Smith? Yeah, exactly. No, no, this, well, I mean, I mean, last year too. But, I mean, <laughs> like th- last year and this year, these are Howie Roseman drafts. I don't care how you spin this. I don't care whether or not you met somebody. Or now he's going to say, you know what? We had we only had Zoom meetings with these guys. We didn't have them in the building. Um, so if I draft somebody this this year, like that's the thing. And like, if how are you signing off on a guy that you never met before? I don't. Well, I mean, if you believe, uh, yeah. Like, why? Like that's the thing. Don't you fly? Like if you're spending a first round pick on someone that you like is like enough to trade up for. Yeah, yeah. Don't you like take Jeff's private jet? And fly to Washington? You would like, think so. I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to go to Philadelphia. Maybe he's like, I don't know. Like, like I don't know. There's just some like there's some stuff we're not hearing about Andre Dillard that I think is factoring into all this because it just can't be like he was Eric Flowers. Like there has to be right. some sort of like thing where he's not fitting in with the locker room. I don't know. And there was some more some more smoke to go along with this because there was a rumor which has since been debunked. <laughs> That the Eagles are interested in Redskins offensive tackle Trent Williams, who sat out all of last season. Multiple sources, including PFF, said there is zero source to those rumors. Again, I don't think there's again, I don't think there's a much there's a much to these things. But again, like you said, if there's a, a Andre Diller's name keeps coming up a lot, so or, or just left tackle, like yeah. the Eagles being concerned with left. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put out a hot take. You know who's gonna be the starting left tackle for the Eagles and Jason, Jason Peters? Whatever the hell they play, yeah, Jason Peters is gonna play. I'm gonna put out. A, I'm gonna put out a hotter take. I think it's gonna be Andre Diller. No, I think it's gonna be Andre Diller. I'm not gonna say he's good, gonna be good. I think he's gonna be the guy. I think it's gonna be. I think there's a whole lot of just a whole lot of noise going on right now, and I think by the end, it's all gonna settle down, and he's gonna be the guy. Man, what is it with like with like first rounders that can't handle Philly, man? I don't. Yeah, I. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, we I still haven't gotten to like. I don't know. Is Alshon Jeffrey going to get traded this weekend? Right. Like this is this is prime time for Alshon Jeffrey to get traded because again, Eagles are probably going to trade for trade a rec- you know draft a, at least a receiver. Um, there's going to be teams who probably want a receiver who don't get one who might be in a market for one. I mean, of course, Alshon Jeffrey is continues to be on the block and has been on the block <laughs> you know a month after he signed his extension because that's what that's what. Now, just, well, I'm not even going to ask you who they pick. Will mm-hmm. the Eagles pick at 21? I believe they will. Oh, okay. I believe they will. And again, who who they pick is again is, is a no we, because we should make predictions because this is what we do to see how see how wrong we are. Um, and again, there could be a, a plethora of dudes there. There could be no one that we want there. Um, there have been rumors that um, not rumors has been reports. Um, Natalie Eganoff and Derek Gunn reported that Jerry Judy has has knee issues uh, that's causing him to slip. He, could he slip down to twenty one? I doubt it, but who yeah. knows. But but who knows? He, he, like he might not be a top ten guy according to, with these knee issues. Um, there's other guys who again there's there's really let, let, let's just let's just boil it down. There's kind of there, there's three top tier receivers, right? None of those guys will be there at 21. I think we're fair. We're, I think we can assume this. That'll right? be correct. Okay, so let's not even talk about those guys. Let's talk yeah. about the guys who are probably gonna. Well, let me let me ask you a question. If they stay at 21 and those three guys are going and Let's say the other receivers and guys in the mix are still there. Is it going to be a receiver at 21? No. It will not be? No. Okay. All right. Well, no, no, no. Do I think it should? Yes. But you don't I think it will? Because I think I decided when I was, when I was eating my pizza earlier that I want at 21, mm. I want the Eagles to draft Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. You, because you, I okay. – because – in between doing and counting, I, I went through maybe like 75 mock drafts today. And it seems like if you want to trade down, you're not going to be able to trade down much to get no. rid of like, like, no. and, and like maybe Jalen Rager. And it seems like they're enamored, whatever the hell that 
I, I mean, but I, I'm always nervous about trading down for dudes that aren't like that are borderline first round guys. Cause then you're out, you'll end up being Mark. You'll, you'll end up getting Marcus Smith. And the thing is the Eagles do probably want to get some more draft capital in that third round. Because again, like you, you have a, like you have a large gap where you don't, we're not, you're not picking guys. So they probably at some point, maybe it's with their first round pick. They probably at some point want to kind of use their user assets to get some more mid round picks. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they trade down, but you're right. Like, I don't think if you're at 21, I don't, I don't think you think you can trade down to 27. No, and get I, I, one I, of those guys. I think it, I, I think it all depends on, on whether, on how the Eagles think the separation is between those three, th- those three wide receivers, Mims, Ayuk, and Rager. Like if you think you're not missing much on either of those guys, I don't think all those guys will be gone by 31. So, I, I mean, say you like, I don't know, short, trade down to 30. And I have, I have a feeling one of those three receivers will be available, but it is the one guy you really want going to be there. Right. So, so if, if so, what you want is Brandon Ayuk, then I'd stay at 21 and draft. So Ayuk. Now, well, yeah, let's, let's start with Ayuk. So why, why Ayuk at 21? I feel that he is more of a, a, a yak guy. And, mm-hmm. uh, because I, because I, I think a lot of these, the the second or the the two B guys, because I, because I feel Justin Jefferson's in his own tier, like he's okay. like tier two, or, mm-hmm. or he's tier two A. Then the two B guys are Rager, Ayuk, Mims, and then then the T Higgins guys. But I feel what Ayuk is, because I think those two B guys are all raw. But I think with Ayuk, you can. He'll be able to contribute immediate, like relatively immediately, hopefully. Where like you can like get him in the packages. I don't know if you can do that for and and I think you could do that with Rager. Yeah. But I have a feeling, I don't know. Like I, I just have a problem drafting Big 12 receivers. I don't know. Like I, I mean, like, because and, and it seems like his numbers were a little def, like I don't down because he had subpar QB play. I don't know. I I I mean I don't want to like Maybe he had something to do with it. So for me, I just – I don't think Ayuk is the safest guy. I don't think he's the biggest bust potential either. So so would you trade Ayuk over Jefferson? Would you take him over Jefferson? Yes. Okay. All right. Because, you know, because because after, after extensive YouTube watching last night, <laughs> I'm like, you know, like, look, let's say Justin Jefferson, the LSU guy, extraordinarily pro- prolific at, at LSU. got four touchdowns. Um, in the playoff in the, in the college football playoff last year, he is an ext- he is a, a very good talent. Can play all the wide receiver positions. He has a high floor. I don't know how high his ceiling is. No, I, mean, I he's I, not I, a number one guy. A player comp for him, and it's a Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. And I and, and I was like, you know what? I really enjoy that cross racial reference. Mm-hmm. That like I, I mean, like Cooper Cup's a really good player. Really good. Can he be your WR one? No. Because you saw what happened when he's your WR1. You're, the Rams are pretty mediocre. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about slot receivers in general. Like, like I think New England is probably – no, but like, like – but but you see what happens when Edelman's your number one receiver. You're not that good. Right. Like, or I always – like, when your slot receiver's your, your WR1, I don't like that. Like, you need an outside guy who scares defense. I don't think mi- – I'm just spitball. I don't think Justin Jefferson will ever scare a defense. Will he always be a good player? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ayuk and Rager have the potential to scare defenses. I no, I I agree. Like I see when I watch them, those guys again in my extensive YouTube viewing <laughs> last, uh, last night. I'm like I see like those guys as far those guys kind of popped a little bit on, on the film. Like they they do stuff where it's like. Okay, I can see them in the NFL, you know, making big plays. No, but no, because I like I are they good? like because when I see like I can see them be Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I, I can see that. I see them. It's like because they have good lateral quickness. They can you know beat their man. They have good hands and you know like Raiders. You know Raiders are you know super super quick. You can't um, teach explosiveness. Right. I don't know if, if if there was a life lesson from the 2019 season, but you know what I took from it? You can't have enough explosiveness because right now the Eagles have negative triple X explosiveness. And to be fair, to be fair, Justin Jefferson over the last two years has had more 15-yard catches 
than anybody in college football. That being plus yard catches. That being said, that's cute. I would like 30 plus yard catches. Yeah. Can we get a couple 30 plus yard catches? And also, Roy, he also had Jamar, he also played against, like played across from Jamar Chase, who was who was the unequivocal WR one on that team. You know, LSU was loaded. LSU had a loaded, a loaded offense. They had an incredible quarterback. Um, I mean, they had, you know, running backs galore, you know, tight end, Thaddeus Malls. I mean, they have a bunch of guys who are going to get drafted this weekend. I mean, they were, they were just a, an absolutely loaded team. And I also just don't like drafting dudes and expect them to do something that they weren't doing in college. Like, like mm-hmm. you're, you're like saying, Justin Derrickson, we know you're a slot guy. We know that. Well, you know what? We're going to line you up at what? Like, isn't this why you supposedly J-Jaw couldn't get on the field? But, he, I mean, he did line up at those other spots. I mean, he's not like again. I think Jalen Rager has done it more. Um, I mean, Jalen Rager is a little bit more versatile at because again, you can play Jalen Rager on the outside. Uh, he, yeah. Well, let me say this: I think he's a better outside receiver than Justin Jefferson. I think he's good. Yeah, no, 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 that's why I don't want like I, I, if I draft Justin Jefferson, I want him to be a slot receiver. Right, right. Like he's probably best suited to run most of his stuff in the slot. He's very good, but do you want to spend your 21st pick on a guy who's going to be in the slot 90% of the time? Yeah, and, and that's the so. thing. Like, like, so what you're saying is you're going to kind of have him and Ertz and Goddard. Like, I, I mean, that's right. where it doesn't fit. If you're trying to run a bunch of 12 personnel mm-hmm. to tight ends, where's Justin Jefferson? He's, is he not going to be on the field? Right, yeah. Which, again, if you're running 12, which you run a lot, then no. So... Yeah. So what what does that what does that do? So yeah. So Justin's like I I I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning towards Ayuk. Um, but you said well, let me get back to your original thing because you said and we have like about three or four minutes left. You said you don't think they're going to go wide receiver at twenty one. So what is your prediction? Oh, oh, no, I think no, no. You know what my no? I said I I, I said if if they stay at twenty one, okay, they will not pick a receiver or, okay. or they will, they'll they'll pick something. <laughs> give, give me a give me a name. Give me a name. I know because I've been convinced because I don't think if it was just, I don't know, Draft Express B saying, yo, they're going <laughs> to draft Patrick Queen. Kyle, like the, the heavy hitters are saying this. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think I'd be foolish not to take some of this, but I'm going to, I'm basing this on nothing. I'm not basing this on that Leroy, the dog insider. They will, they will, they will trade up. They will trade mm-hmm. up in the draft. Okay. And, They'll, they're going to trade up to 10. Okay. And they're going to draft CD Lamb. Woo! That would make a lot of people in Philadelphia excited. I, like maybe this is just me projecting my optim, my hope on, like on the internet. But I, I, cause I, no, like if I had the, like the, the decision tree, what I think is going to happen, I think they trade up, trade down, or stay at Pat. I think staying Pat is the third likely option in my opinion. Yeah, I'll say this. If if they stand pat, I don't think they will. I think they draft Justin Jefferson. My I think they trade down slightly and probably wind up with either Ayuk or Rieger. I, well, I think you know what would be an okay, like because for me, Roy, it still comes back to you gotta get elite players. And yeah. if you can get an elite player by giving up a second round pick, by all means do it. Yeah. No, no. Is, like that's your WR one. That's, that's your WR had in ten years. Yeah, that's that that is your that is your WR one. All right, we got like two minutes left. Really quick, what are what positions do you hope they address in er, early other than wide receiver? Other than wide receiver, what do you what do you hope they address in the first couple rounds of the draft? Um, I'm not gonna say wide receiver again. Um, 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 give me um, give me a young cornerback. Okay, who's no who doesn't have injury? You no, know, like the guy I want. In the second round, Trayvon Diggs from, from from Alabama. Okay, so so you want young cornerback? Obviously, you want a wide receiver. Um, any running back? Running back in the in, early in the draft? Or no, we're gonna wait on that. Man, they're gonna be running backs. Good running backs available in the eighth round. I, don't <laughs> like, I mean, like running back teams just don't care anymore. They're no. willing to like draft guys in the fourth, fifth round, and they're gonna end up starting. Yeah, that's the thing. Like these guys, again, like these day three guys are gonna. AK Dobbins ten years ago would be like a top fifteen pick. Easy. easy. Now he might be drafted in the third round. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. So just to put this on wax, I'm gonna guess. My guess is that the Eagles pick Jalen Rieger. That's gonna be my guess. Just to put this on wax. No, you know what? I'm gonna say the Eagles will draft K 
Kenneth Murray. Ooh, okay. All right. So we will probably be wildly wrong. They'll probably stay at 20. I really hope I'm Jefferson. wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But next time you hear from us, we will break down the entire draft. We will have all seven rounds broken down. Considering the way this, season, this year has gone, Roy, like a pandemic would almost be as likely as the Eagles drafting a linebacker in the first round. Pretty much. Yeah, this, this is what it takes for them to draft a linebacker, an actual pandemic. Um, but we'll be back with you again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel, 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. But until then, we are out of here. Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Happy draft, everyone. See you guys. Right now, staying connected is more important than ever, and fast, reliable internet from Xfinity can help. We'll ship you a free self-install kit to make setup quick, safe, and easy. Find great offers and value today at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you ultimate control. With the XFi app, you can pause the Wi-Fi at the push of a button. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi.